Welcome to Our Faith in Writing. I'm Charlotte Donlin. As a writer and a spiritual director for writers, I believe writing and reading help us belong to ourselves, others, God, and the world. Our Faith in Writing explores the intersection of writing and faith through conversations about the writing process, the reading life, contemplative practices, and more. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear an episode from one of my old podcasts that explores themes connected to our faith in writing. You may hear the Lists of Nine podcast or the Art and Faith Unplugged podcast mentioned during this episode, and that's okay. You're still here with us at Our Faith in Writing. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to Lists of Nine. Um, My guest today is Eric Danielson, and he is going to share nine of his favorite sad songs. Eric is the arts and entertainment editor at the Columbia Daily Tribune in Columbia, Missouri, where he lives with his wife and son. He also teaches at his alma mater, the University of Missouri School of Journalism. He writes a weekly column, The Discontent for Fathom Magazine, and has been published at Image Journal, Think Christian, Christ in Pop Culture, The Inglewood Review of Books, and more. Welcome, Eric. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, So I'll have you read your nine favorite sad songs, your list, the full list, and then I will start my timer um, or actually just watch the time on our recording situation here because I don't have my timer and we will be as close to nine minutes as we can. And um, during that time, I'd like you to talk about a few okay. of the songs. Sounds good. From your, li- from your larger list. All right. Okay. Well, these are, um, yeah, nine of my favorite sad songs. And I think, I think they're in no particular order. So um, number nine is Pillar of Truth by Lucy Dacus. Number eight, Hello in There by John Prine. Number seven, Holy by Frightened Rabbit. Number six, Long Ride Home by Patty Griffin. Number five, Let Down by Radiohead. Number four, Burn by Ray LaMontagne. Number three, I Grieve by Peter Gabriel. Number two, The Last Song by Elton John. And number one, Tom Trobert's Blues by Tom Waits. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that list. Um, We decided that you would talk a little bit more about The Last Song by Elton John, Burn by Ray LaMontagne and Holy by Frightened yeah, Rabbit. That sounds good. That so good? the last song, um, this is probably the only song on this list that sounds like kind of a traditional um, sad song. It's, you know, it's a ballad. It's, uh, you know, got those cinematic melodies that Elton John always writes and, you know, big strings and piano. Um, I think the first time I heard it was on the closing credits Um from the uh, the movie and the band played on. I don't know if people remember that from the nineties that was about the, the early days of the AIDS crisis. And it was played over this montage of people who had died from AIDS early on in the eighties. And so of course there's a really um, gosh, a really sad and tragic resonance there. Um, but the more that I kind of have heard the song over the years and, and kind of paid attention to the lyrics. I mean, it's a song about 
a man who is dying of AIDS um, and his father, who he's been estranged from coming to his bedside and them having this last moment of kind of reunion and even his father holding him as he dies. And, um, you know, that doesn't need uh, anything else to be sad enough. But as somebody who's a dad now who has a son who's six, um, you know, it's easy to hear a song like that and project into the future and think, you know, what would happen, God forbid, if there's some, you know, uh, division between my son and I down the road? And then, you know, what would happen? What would it look like to, you know, to try to reunite, to try to reconnect, to try to set those things aside if something bigger was happening? And so um, I certainly hear that song a little differently these days than I did when I when I first encountered it. Mm. That does sound like it a is. very it's- sad <laughs> song. Um, and I wanted, I mean, what do you think? Like real quick, I don't want to take up too much of your nine minutes. Um, can you make a playlist of these songs for people? Sure, who just need I would to love cry? to. I think uh, I think we're in okay. aren't we in a place right now where either people really want to cry or they really don't want to. So um, yeah, if that helps anybody, <laughs> I would be happy to uh, right. you know nudge them toward okay. their feelings. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll share that on the um, show sure. notes for this episode. Um, so when I think about Ray Montaigne's burn, um, you know, one of the things that I think is a draw to me for sad songs, I remember uh, a few years ago, the, the great magazine writer, Laura Turner, wrote a piece for Catapult um, about how horror movies helped her with her anxiety. Um, oddly enough, it doesn't sound like they would, um, but because that kind of helped her realize that there was a bigger dread than, you know, just what was going on with her. And I think for, for me, sad songs that, you know, it's not quite that um, intense, but they just remind me that I'm not alone. And, you know, if sadness is a universal thing, then maybe that's something we can all come out on the other side of. And this song, um, I discovered Ray LaMontagne's music when um, about, yeah, gosh, 10 or 15 years ago, my wife and I lived in Tennessee for a couple of years while she was attending grad school. And I refer to those as kind of my wilderness years because I was, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in a pivot from thinking I was going to make a living at music uh, into journalism. And I, things weren't going great in all of that. And I was working jobs that I really hated and honestly came home pretty, pretty sad, pretty, um, you know, depressed a lot of nights. And um, Ray LaMontagne's voice, if you've ever heard it, I mean, it's just kind of one of those sandpaper voices that everything sounds like, uh, you know, probably uh, 50% worse than it actually is. But um, hearing this song, you know, I play it a lot at night before I went to bed. And it's it's just, you know, kind of a classic heartbreak song. And, and that that part didn't resonate with me because I, you know, my relationship with my wife was great and I had her, but um, it just kind of reminded me of that deeper sadness that we all can experience in different circumstances. And it was in a strange way, kind of a, a salve to me because it reminded me that yeah, we all are are heartbroken about something and and it's possible to to kind of work through it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um element of music and why we're drawn to certain songs at certain times helps us feel less alone, Absolutely. you know, like um and it also helps us kind of connect with different versions yeah. of ourselves. Um like from the past to now and even like thinking about what our future self, how that person might relate to this yeah, song later absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we see ourselves differently through these artistic lenses. And you're right. I think, you know, then you hear the song years later and um that song still gets to me, but not, yeah, certainly not in the same way. And I think it's it's uh there's some different a different sort of gravity to it being kind of on the other side of that that experience. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, Holy by Frightened Rabbit is, is really different than any of the other songs on this list. Um, it's a, it's from a Scottish band and it's from the perspective of, uh, a man who is being proselytized by Christians and just kind of details all the heartbreak and the hypocrisy that maybe he's experienced, um, in the church. And there's this line in the, the chorus that always gets to me, um, where he says, you're acting all holy me. I'm full of holes. And, um, I feel that way, um, a lot of times as somebody who, you know, however you want to describe it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on this podcast talking about sad songs. Um, I'm a Enneagram four, I'm, you know, a relatively melancholic person. Um, but I feel full of holes all the time and it makes me sad to see that sometimes, uh, what the outside world sees of Christians is not people who are full of holes, but know where to go with that, those pains and those hurts, but, but people who, you know, might be acting as if they're, they're holier in some way. And so, um, I guess that's a large, large part of why I write the way I do. And I talk the way I do wanting people to see those holes and wanting them to see, um, that, uh, my faith is, um, it's something that, that doesn't, uh, necessarily wipe all away, you know, all my brokenness in the here and now. Um, it's not something that stitches me back together into this kind of perfect form, but it's something that helps me through experiencing all of that. And so every time I listen to that song, um, the singer Scott Hutchison, uh, actually, um, died a couple years ago and, and most likely people think took his own life. And I, I just kind of sit with the, the feeling of being full of holes and, and wanting my neighbors, my friends, the people who read my work to see that, um, yeah, I'm not any different than them in that respect, but, um, I happen to, you know, worship a God who identifies with me in that, in that sadness and, and is in the process of repairing those holes for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just to clarify, the audio got a little weird when you were saying which song oh, you sure. were just talking about. So can you repeat yeah, it's which the one song that Holy was? By, um, the Scottish band Frightened Rabbit. Okay, great. Um, it might only be on my end sure. where it messed up, but just in case listeners know <laughs> yeah, what absolutely. you're talking about. Um, okay, we have about two minutes left. Um, do you want to share um, a little bit more about another? Can I ask you to talk about Patty Griffin yeah, on sure. Ride Home? Oh, Patty I love Griffin's that amazing. Yeah. Um, that's a song that, you know, if you've ever heard it, it it's really, um, I was listening to it again this morning, obviously, and just this description of somebody who's riding home in a limousine after the funeral of a loved one doesn't specify whether it's, you know, a parent or a spouse or who it is. Um, and I think that I've said this before in some of my work, but that I think I sometimes write about death and pain and, and things that are hard. Um, in part, it probably feels like an attempt to like keep them at arm's length, but in part two, I think just like trying to imagine what those things would be like and, and wondering maybe if that doesn't, take away a little bit of the sting in some sense. And, um, this Patty Griffin song, I, I, I definitely identify with the perspective that she's singing from of losing someone, but it also makes me think about what it would be like to be lost. You know, if, if I, you know, if I, if my wife outlives me or, you know, if, if at some point I'm, I'm going to die and someone's going to mourn me, whoever it is. And, um, just to kind of know or hear in such an earthy, kind of soulful way, what that experience might be like for somebody. I feel like it in some really bizarre way, which is kind of the crux of everything that I'm talking about this morning, makes it feel less sad and difficult for me to, to hear somebody sing it. So. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm a huge Patty Griffin fan and I, I love that song too. I think I definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying about why 
these songs are meaningful to you um, and how you connect with them yeah. in different ways. Um, a few more seconds left. I want to ask you real quick. Um, we are right now in the middle of the coronavirus situation. <laughs> um, hopefully in the future when listeners listen to this, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was way back then. <laughs> yeah. It's fine now. Right now, things don't feel very fine. Um, are there any songs that you're turning to right now? Or what kind of music are you listening to? Yeah, right um, I haven't totally figured out what's the most um, comforting right now. But two, honestly, two artists that I've listened to in the past week that have been really comforting for different reasons. Um, one is is the the band Iron and Wine, uh, Sam Beam. Um, I just think it doesn't really matter what he's singing about. He has one of those voices that kind of makes you feel comforted <laughs> and um, that, that, you know, that the world is a, a deeper, bigger place than, than the moment that you're experiencing. Um, and then uh, kind of a different end of the spectrum, but the, the band explosions in the sky, which a lot of people will know an uh, instrumental rock band. And um, they write just kind of these huge, big sweeping cinematic songs that don't have any words. And I don't know. It just feels like in the space of a six or seven minute song, they touch on kind of all the emotions. Cause I think all of us are feeling all the emotions <laughs> right now, all at once. Um, and yeah, so to walk definitely. through kind of that trajectory and almost have that emotional release of, of more than one feeling um, within the span of a song has been uh, a good thing for me right now. Great. Thanks so much for sharing that bonus <laughs> material without any notice sure, ahead bet. of time. Um, and we did go over by about a minute and a half and that's okay because we're all trying to survive the coronavirus right. situation. Okay. Well, thanks so much for doing this episode. Um, I will add links and information about you and the songs to the show notes for this episode. And I look forward to following your um, thoughts on songs and music awesome. in the Thank future. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. That's all for this episode of Our Faith in Writing. Thanks so much for listening and giving your attention to the ways writing and reading help us belong to ourselves, others, God, and the world. I'd love for you to visit us online at ourfaithinwriting.com, where you can find more information about my spiritual direction for writers and other contemplative offerings, read essays and articles by writers who care about faith, and learn more about our partners and sponsors. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlotte Donlin. Subscribe to Our Faith in Writing wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show, letting us know how these conversations help you feel less alone in your writing life and your reading life.